listening to Octagon 24-7's podcast, MMA FanCast. It's MMA for the fans, by the fans. We talk about only the important things you want to hear. Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA on Spike. Join us right now for MMA FanCast. And back we are, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of MMA FanCast, brought to you by Octagon247.com. We are just moments away, well, not moments, but just a few short days away from UFC 214, a card that we are very much anticipating we're going to get into that and much, much more here on this episode 34. And today we have some change. There's In life, you must deal with change and experience change. And there's so many good things happening here at Octagon247.com as well as MMA FanCast. And ladies and gentlemen, there's great stuff going on. And the first thing that you're going to get to see that's great, that's going on, that's changed here at Octagon 24-7 is we have a new contributor. We have a new amigo. And so this is my pleasure to introduce you to our newest contributor. Ah, contributor. My, his name is Andrew. Hello, Andrew. How are we doing, Ryan? I'm doing well. Andrew spent some time uh, writing, do, doing some writing with some other, uh, some other media, and is now with Octagon twenty four seven. And he will be. He he wrote his first article this week. He he took a look at the hist- history of the animosity that exists between John Jones and Daniel Cormier. And really did a nice job. Thanks for that uh, really uh, awesome opening article. If that's not the Bruce Buffer introduction to podcast, I don't know what is. Thank you. Not a problem. Hey, um, he jumps into Octagon 24-7 at a really exciting time. Guys, we have some exciting stuff that's happening there's a lot of cool stuff happening in Pittsburgh and in, in Pittsburgh MMA. We're are excited to talk about all of those things. But most recently, we got news, and uh, there's an article on Octagon 24-7 about that, that a local Pittsburgh fighter, and if uh, I, I see the, the demographics of our podcast listeners and of our website viewers, and they're not all from Pittsburgh, but we have... A good amount of people from Pittsburgh. So all of those people from Pittsburgh, if they are into the local MMA at all, and even if they're not, a lot of them know him anyway, there's a young man by the name of Mark Cherico who uh, was recently uh, selected to be on Dana White's Tuesday night contender series. And he'll be making his UFC UFC debut on August 22nd on uh, that Tuesday night, which actually leads up to the Conor McGregor and uh, Floyd Mayweather card. So what better 
intro to that card than seeing uh, Mark Cherico make his UFC debut. And I know Andrew Bailey here is uh, is is not a Pittsburgh guy, so he's not familiar with Mark Cherico, but he's going to have a great opportunity to uh, to really be introduced to uh, a legend in Pittsburgh MMA, uh, as well as the entire UFC community when he makes his debut on August 22nd. So we're real excited about that. And also, uh, uh, some more great news. Uh, it was We talked about this on the last podcast, and at the time it was just a, um, it was a leak, and sometimes leaks can be wrong, but this one was certainly not, and it was confirmed that the UFC will be uh, making uh, its return to the console energy arena well actually it's not console anymore i gotta watch that they changed the name to ppg paints arena and um well you you don't like that name i'm not a fan on over corporate marketing that way it's a little heavy-handed but what are you gonna do hey everyone's trying to make their buck though that's certainly understand that so uh, UFC uh, Fight Night, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, 116, I believe it is, um, is where uh, will be the Pittsburgh card. And I'm, I'm really excited for it. And, and Andrew, you're going to make your way up to Pittsburgh for that, aren't you? Yeah, Ryan actually be coming in that week. Second time ever in Pittsburgh. I'm looking forward to it. You grew up in Charleston, West Virginia? Yes, sir. Greatest state alive. Around, I should say. It's, I don't think a state is alive. Um, so you do know that there are other states, right? I'm aware there's other territories outside of our mountains, but I'm, I'm still, I mean, jury's still out on that. So it's the West Virginia education that allows you to refer to it as the greatest state there is because they haven't introduced you to any other states other than confusion. Yes, yes, that's that's a fair point. Well, I guess you have the proper introduction to give me in Pittsburgh then about Pennsylvania. Well, I mean, hey, if if you're going to uh, join a a Pittsburgh website and podcast and hey, you're going to have to suffer the consequences when you're from West Virginia. So, um I say that with uh well, I don't know about love. We'll see about that, but <laughs> I say that with in 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 kindness. In kindness, but what a better way because you get an introduction into Pittsburgh than with Luke Rockhold headlining this card. Well, and that's and that's the thing. Um, I'm real excited to see Luke Rockhold. And that being said, um, there were rumors about a different opponent that I would have been a little more excited to see. And that was um, – uh, he just lost. Um, oh. Why can't I think of it? He was rumored to be fighting, and it's not coming to me. Anyway, he's fighting David Branch, and uh, I, you know, I kind of fear for David Branch's life. It's it's not going to last very long. I feel like Rockhold wants to come out and really redeem everything that happened with Michael Bisbing at one ninety nine. It, it's it's. Absurd to me. We haven't seen Luke Rockhold fight in over a year, and I think this is going to be a showcase. Yeah, I, I, you have to kind of wonder what what all happened behind the scenes 
with Rockhold taking such a long layoff after losing the belt um, and and not, you know... I mean, I guess if you lost to Michael Bisbing, then you might take... <laughs> it might be rough getting out of bed for the next, oh, eight months. It's, well, he had the fight scheduled with Jacques Array, but being, being from Team a- AKA, of course he got injured before the fight and it got canceled and everything fell apart from there. So... We have a couple, you know, about six or seven uh, fights announced on the card. Some notable people. Hector Lombard's on the card, even though he's in his waning years. Glad to see he's still alive. Yeah, uh, especially after some of his recent uh, uh, pummelings. Um, Uriah Hall's on the card. Anthony Smith on the card. Um, So we're we're excited. Uh, Actually, I'm very excited because Luke Rockhold is the biggest name to fight in Pittsburgh. This is a, this is a big deal. One, I like that they have a big name on the card because they're also competing with the boxing fight of triple G and Canelo Alvarez on the same date. Well, I don't know that that'll be much. Uh, I think your MMA fans are going to, are going to stay with MMA. Your boxing fans are going to stay with boxing. And I think the, the, the uh, casual fan will probably lean towards boxing, but that's well, a pay per view. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I hope the casual fans like, well, I can just turn on FS1, watch this for free, or fly to Pittsburgh, or fly to Pittsburgh. Even better, join us. Try to find a direct flight, though. Not not the easiest thing in the world to do. But then again, we're talking to Charleston, <laughs> and the jokes continue. <laughs> so, um, for those of you who don't know where Charleston, West Virginia is. Um, neither does anyone else. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, so we're going to spend uh, a majority of the rest of our time here talking about UFC 214 as well as making West Virginia jokes. Um, so, yeah, what do you think of this card? I love this card. This is the best card of 2017. I think there is fight of the night potential from the prelims all the way to our main event. I cannot disagree with you. Um, I I see just scrolling through here. Um, there are a couple people's lives I'm I'm fearful of, and and one is um, a, a female. Because I don't, I mean, it's a male fighting a female, pretty much. I could take a guess. I'm not saying that that Chris Cyborg is is a is a is a male. I'm saying that she's she fights like a male. She's ex, she's overwhelming for women. How many fights could Chris Cyborg win in Bellator's featherweight division? Um, as many as she fought. I no, I don't know. <laughs> I think, you know, there were a lot of people talking when, um, even Joe Rogan, for that matter, a lot of people talking about Ronda Rousey when she was seemingly unbeatable, and uh, and that seems very comical now. However, Chris Cyborg just moves different. She does, and she is definitely a much more complete fighter than Ronda Rousey was, and I think women's fighting in general is a lot healthier than it was when Ronda was at her peak. Yeah, well, I mean, 
So I, that's something I wanted to talk about as I was thinking about our podcast tonight. Um, not, not that I intended to kind of jump in with it, but, you know, I feel that Chris Cyborg has a different it factor than than Ronda Rousey, but I feel like the UFC needs to take advantage of that. I feel like she has that seventh wonder of the world China type of, um, you know, wow factor, and they can use that. I agree with you. I'm not as high on Cyborg as some, but I think she and Dana White have some issues outside of the octagon that need resolved and hopefully get resolved this weekend so she can get that push, get to the forefront of everything, maybe get Amanda Nunez fight down the line or something of that nature. Well, did you um, did you see that Dana White did admit that he's done some some things wrong with the that whole situation? Mark it down. Nine thirty six on July twenty seventh. Dana White admitted he was wrong. Well, he admitted. I think earlier in the week you must have missed that headline, but but he um well he, he didn't admit he was wrong. He he, he admitted he made a mistake. There's a difference ma- there. Yes, yes, sure. He's made several, but at least he can admit this one because just because I think he can see the dollar signs flashing in front of him. Yeah, well, it, it took him long enough to realize that he could make a boatload of money off of off of her, and and that um, you know she wasn't the enemy because a lot. Of, I mean, I think Ronda was his girl, and he would side with her, and she didn't want to fight Cyborg, and uh, and then Cyborg you know, made her own bed as well because she was failing drug tests after drug test. Well, not consecutively, but yeah. Once you get popped for a drug test, I mean, you get, I don't care how, how, um, insignificant the next one might be or whatever. She, now she has a post, uh, an exemption post fight exemption. I think it's crazy. It's interesting how those exemptions work out. Didn't didn't work out for Brock Lesnar this past summer. Brock Lesnar. Speaking of, you see, he might come back. Well, um, there uh, so there were lots of rumors that um, that he would come back, and then and that he had, was already in. I don't know. See, this is what's shady is. They were talking about that he was already in the testing protocol for, uh, you know, USADA and, but none of that's true. So now I think the whole John Jones versus Brock Lesnar thing, which would make a boatload of money, even if win or lose at two fourteen, I think that's still a huge money fight. Although. Cormier, I see. I don't see Cormier versus Lesnar as big of a fight as Joe, even even if he wins on uh, which is we'll find out what our predictions are. Which um, I mean, do you think Cormier versus Lesnar would be as big of a draw? I don't think it would be as big of a draw just because of the the brand of John Jones. But I think it would be a really good fight. I remember watching Daniel Cormier and Josh Barnett and. That that size didn't bother DC at all, and I don't think Lesnar. I think DC's too good on the feet. I think he would. I think both of them would tear apart Brock Lesnar. Really? 
Wow. You think John Jones would tear apart. So how would John Jones account for the size difference, which would be like 45 pounds at least? Even if John, even if John Jones comes in big, Lesnar's cutting to get to 265. Lesnar's weighing 285 by fight time. And John Jones ain't weighing no more than 240. I mean, John Jones weighs 240 when he's not cutting, when he's not in training camp. Well, at I least still, I suspect he does. When he came back from, or I don't know which suspension, they all kind of get lost in my mind at this point. But when he came back from one suspension, he was powerlifting. He was massive. He was every bit of 250 at that point. But obviously he's come back down to fight at light heavyweight at the 205 limit. But I think Brock Lesnar having however long the suspension is, I have no idea how old he would be. He might have an AARP card by the time they fight. So... I think the age, the wear coming back in, I think John Jones's diverse striking, his reach, I think he'd try to keep him at distance. And I think I think John Jones at if he if he just trained to be a heavyweight, could be one of the best heavyweights we ever saw, but that's if he trains to be that and so we just get into a big, you know, endless cycle of ifs there. But once 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 it comes to the clinch, I mean, do you think he can withstand a takedown attempt once the clinch gets reached i mean he would have to avoid the clinch entirely absolutely that would be that would be the thing that would can he avoid the clinch can he avoid getting his back against the cage because i mean only person that's ever taken jones down was surprisingly alexander gustafson i but i mean let's give john jones a little a little leeway. It was ten days after doing coke and partying. So, I, how can John Jones fight sober? That's the real question. That is the real question. I think we, uh, I think we saw against Jimmy Manuel or not Manuel. Um, o- OSP again against OSP, and he looked lackluster. His boxing, even going back to watching the last DC fight, his boxing has never been as crisp and sharp for as diverse of a striker as he is. Just with the hands alone, it's not. And OSP was. He was giving him some problems until he gassed out in round three and four. Yeah, I, I, I didn't think that you know that was a fight that if OSP looked great and Jones squeaked by, you could forgive it. But OSP didn't look good, and Jones didn't look good. He is very fortunate that fight was not against Daniel Cormier. Oh, and that's so. That's particularly the reason why I think. Um, Cormier so eager. He wants to get him after the layoff. He wants to get him, you know, out of normal competition, you know, routine. Yeah, I don't. He gets a warm up fight here. I, I, I don't think he has that much of a chance. But without the warm up fight, this is a very close fight. I don't agree with Dominic Cruz when he says ring rust is not real. Ring rust is very real, and I think John Jones is a pinnacle example in that OSP fight. And now we're just adding more time to that. It's been over a year since he last fought. I think he fought during the uh, Reagan administration. That was his last fight. And so, yeah, I think he's going to be rusty. Uh, Dominic Cruz saying that he doesn't believe in ring rust, I, I that's him refusing to... Uh, no, you know, he wants his mind to be 
always that that's not an excuse. That's not an excuse. And, and, and he doesn't want to let that out of his mind. I, I just think that at some point he's going to admit that once he's retired. Yeah. Ring rust was a big deal, but I didn't want to say that during my career. How many, uh, when we do predictions, how many unanimous decisions are you going to predict? Or I mean, uh, uh, majority decisions. Are you going to, are you going to pull a Jim Sahara Mooney? I am not going to pull a Jim Sahara Mooney. I am always in favor of the finish. So for our listeners, um, you guys can be, uh, Jim Sahara Mooney has had a rough go of it lately. So, uh, yes. Say if you, if you want to say a prayer for him, he's going to have surgery next week on his knee. He was sick all week this week. Um, so he's, he's, he's having a little bit of a rough go. So, uh, yeah, hopefully he will, um, he will be feeling much better, uh, for next podcast. The worst part of it all. He still lives in Pittsburgh too. <laughs> I mean, good thing he, he does. Cause we have doctors here. Uh, we we, have, we just have tiki doctors down here. Jury's once again still out on science. Well, I'm I just was surprised that there was electricity and I can actually see you. You aren't in the dark. It's hydroelectric. Okay, you have a that's pretty sweet. All right, let's talk some fights here. Uh, let's let's start with the main card. And uh, you want to introduce us to this first fight here. We have Jimmy Menua against the best name and most likely to be a Viking or destroyer in some time is Vulcan. I'm going to mess up this pronunciation. Ozdemir. 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 All right, we'll just call him Vulcan because I'm Star Trek fans. It's yeah, it works. There's there's people separating their middle and ring finger everywhere as you say that. I am Vulcan. <laughs> so Jimmy Manua comes in as a two to one favorite, and that's where I think the fight stands. I th- I think that uh, Manua has uh, has what it takes to to pull this one through. Manua's been on a hot streak ever since he got bulldozed by Rumble Johnson. But I mean, who doesn't get bulldozed by Rumble Johnson besides DC? And I agree with you. I think he, I think he, I think he finishes him inside of two rounds. TKO. Uh, his fight against Ovin St. Preux. So at one point, OSP was, cons- and I don't know how many he's lost in his last, but at one point o- OSP was considered a, a potential top five guy, a potential, um, you know, he had a lot of potential. He was fighting Jones a little early in his, uh, you know, in his run, but that that fight would probably, you know, win, lose, or draw. It would propel him and give him an experience to against one of the greats. And it it doesn't seem like it turned out that way. It, it seems like it's kind of hurt him. Do you remember watching that fight at two o four? Um, you know, I do. I I actually remember where I was at. Me and uh, Sahara, and uh, these are people that were are are regular contributors on the show and on the on the site. And and Terry Dactyl, um, were all watching it together. And Terry Dactyl was pretty excited. 
OSP looked horrible in that fight. That was yeah. I I I as you say, he was supposed to be the next one. He was supposed to come into the top five and build off of the experience. And he came in there looking like he was having indigestion and just got the world beat out of him by Jimmy Manuel. Yeah, and and he made Jimmy Manuel look like a world beater in that fight too. Absolutely. I mean, Corey Anderson didn't you know hurt that case at all either. Because I mean. Let's hold on. It's Corey Anderson. But Jimmy Manuel once again still finished him. And now he has this confidence that he is above and beyond the best light heavyweight in the world. I disagree with that, but I still think this fight, he outreaches him by four inches. I think that's going to be significant. And I'm not a believer in Vulcan. His his, uh, Manuel's losses, I mean – they're the world beaters. I mean, they're the Gustafson and 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 Anthony Johnson. So it's not as if um, he's lost to any chumps. He's won all the fights he he should win, and this is another fight that falls right in that category. He he's reminding me right now of a Ryan Bader, where he can beat he can beat the middle of the pack and the blow. He's almost like a gatekeeper to the top, but he struggles against the elite of the elite, the top tier fighters. So if he can get through Vulcan, that further establishes him as the gatekeeper. I'd like to see him against the loser of this fight, because I think Gustafson deserves the next shot. Vulcan, um, is, is got him by, I mean, is the 10 years, his younger, his, you know, he's 10 years younger. He's only 27 years old. I, I think that may play a factor. I think it would play more if it wasn't a three-rounder. Yeah. So, um, are you ready to make a prediction? Oh, absolutely. Jimmy Manua, second round, TKO. How does he get the TKO? Uh, this this doesn't right count. Hand. I'm just curious how, how it okay. ends. Uh, heavy right hand. Finish it up with some ground and pound, um, but the ground and pound is going to be just the icing, just the icing on the cake. Just it depends how fast they can stop it after he knocks him out on his feet. Okay, I am going to say this is my upset special. Ooh, well, my upset special. I'm taking Vulcan because I believe to open the two fourteen card. There are going to be flashes of the audience after this fight, and they will be proudly separating their middle and ring finger and saying Vulcan. <laughs> um, so I'm going to predict a decision win, unanimous decision win for Vulcan. What do you think of that? Starting the predictions off with a boom. I'm a playmaker. I like the boldness. Fortune favors the bold. Are you uh, Are you writing these down? Yes. You said you said Jimmy Manuel second second round TKO. Yep. Second round ra- second round TKO. Okay, and I say unanimous decision. All right. All right. So, anything else you want to t- say about that? I can't 
recall maybe back to 205 a better card to open up a main card a better fight to open up a main card in a long time because this fight has a chance to be fight of the night it could be explosive i'm without looking i'm gonna pull it up right now but i'm i'm failing to think who did vulcan fight last i'm gonna look it up do you, you know it off the top of your head i don't either i'm looking it up as well see if we can find anything Let's see who wins. Okay, so he fought at last at UFC Fight Night 109, May 28th. He also fought at Fight Night 104 in February. And those are his two UFC fights. Um, OSP, he victimized. And that was a split decision. And Misha... Uh, Sirkinoff. Sirkinoff. Um, he knocked out. In- that, w- that was a big upset. I mean, a lot of people were feeling Sirkinoff to be the next one. 28 seconds. So much for being the next one. Uh, I believe... Was that the fight where Sirkinoff came at him and he just like threw that short hook yes and, and I think it didn't so. even look like he hit him that good and he was out and he pounced on him yes that was it it was okay. like it didn't look it didn't look like much of a punch and it just slapped him yeah it that was um okay yeah i definitely remember that and how shocking the power he had was so yeah i'm 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 a little more confident in my pick now they both have OSP as on their victim. Well, I want to see OSP real quick. Let me see this. Has, has he? This is so okay. He he got he did get a win. Yeah, Delima in April. Yep, and then three in a row. Two, he John Jones started a three fight streak for him, but he also lost to Glover Teixeira, but. He's a beast. Yeah. Lost to Bader. Big, uh... Yeah, he's only a uh, 20-10 and fighter, but in the UFC, he is... uh, He's been in the UFC for a lot longer than I thought. One, two, three, four. He lost to Musasi back in Strikeforce in 2011. Eight and six, it looks like. Eight and five in the UFC. Eight and five in the UFC. So, uh, yeah. OSP, what happened? Anyway, moving on to which certainly, if I think if you were ranking um, based on the fight alone and not anything else, the favorite to be fight of the night has got to be Robbie Lawler versus Donald Cerrone. And these two guys will go to war and they'll stand there and they'll take it. And they're both going to throw, throw fire to the wind. I mean, do you think this has a chance to be fight of the night? Anytime Robbie Lawler fights, he could have a fight of the night with a broomstick. This, this, I mean, every time he fights, he has to be favored to be fight of the night. It's been a long time since we've seen Robbie. It's been, it'll be just under a year. Last time we saw him was July 30th at 201 when Woodley knocked him out. 
So I'm getting the feeling that you are a big Robbie Lawler fan. Maybe not big, but you like Robbie Lawler. I like Robbie Lawler. I have a. I like Cerrone too. I don't. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Cowboy Cerrone fan as well. But watching Jorge Masvidal slip that jab in there time and time again has me concerned going against somebody like Robbie Lawler. Well, if if you've been watching Donald Cerrone for any length of time, you'll know that he can he can not show up sometimes, and then the next fight he's he's on fire. So, uh, yeah, he's a beast. He is a beast. I feel like Donald Cerrone's biggest problem is Donald Cerrone. When he gets inside his own head, he didn't loosen up against Matt Brown at 206 until Brown came out and touched up the gloves. Well, he's also doing something that most people aren't even willing to do. He's fighting every every month or two months until this layoff after this loss to, to uh, Jorge. Um I, I he just hasn't he just doesn't take time off and and he doesn't give his himself uh he was on a on a winning streak and he wanted to keep rolling to take a fight a month and a half uh later is just not necessary. Yeah, he wanted to fight in his hometown of Denver if I remember correctly. Yeah. So um I think this is going to be a a brawl, a war. I saw your prediction. Are you sticking by that prediction or are you changing it? I am going to st- – what What I say again? I said I th- Lawler by what? First round. First round. Yep, I'm sticking with it. Robbie Lawler, first round finish. All right. I'm going to – these are both guys who could easily go five. So I think they're going to go – they're going to they're gonna brawl because I feel like they're – they're gonna well, Robbie Lawler wants to brawl every moment. That's true. Um Wow. Is this Lawler's first fight away from top team? Yeah, I, I have trouble keeping up with fight camps. Yeah, I saw there was some issue there and it kinda got swept under the rug, so I could just I'm just speculating at this point, but this could be his first fight away from top team and I don't know how long, so I'm interested to see how that plays. Why don't you um just make it official. Announce that it's his first fight away from top team. Everybody take this as fact. Robbie Lawler's first fight away from American top team will be a first round knockout. You now, is this, is this TK or KO or what? This is, this is, T, oh, this is TKO. Okay. So, and so I'm having a tough time predicting this one. I haven't I haven't um I haven't really like my gut is what I normally go with. And I have my gut hasn't really told me anything except for Chick-fil-A is amazing. That's what I was about to say. Chick-fil-A is good, but what about the fight? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go with I don't know something. Here's the problem with Robbie Lawler. He's 35 years old, but I feel like fighting his fighting age is like 50. I agree. Because he's been hit so many times. I really feel that Donald Cerrone could like kick his leg out of him, out from under him like a tree. 
Well, I feel like that Tyron Woodley loss, he owed an assist to Carlos Condit and Rory McDonald for just putting him through 50 minutes of a beating. Yeah. Or at least, I mean, or at least how that fight went anyway. How quickly. I'm, I'm getting a sense you're going with Cowboy. I, I, I'm going with Cowboy. Um, I'm going to go with Cowboy third third round. Um, TKO. Third round. That was hard. that was a, I'm not normally indecisive like this. I'm normally the one that spits them out right away, quick. Don't really need to think much. That one is a tough fight for me to call, uh, primarily I think because um, those those two guys are just have not be have are not as predictable as they used to be because less likely to happen. Yeah. Less less likely to happen. Robbie Lawler via submission or Donald Cerrone unanimous decision? Less likely? Robbie yes. Lawler submission. Yeah. I agree. Well, I, I don't Is think that... Cerrone's capable of submitting someone. I mean, I think he, ha- he has think... it in him. I don't think he has it in his head to like, like no, I want to punch him. I think so too. Definitely with down at I think they've trained him that way at Jackson Wink. He used to have a really nasty guillotine. Alright, I'm having trouble finding my cyborg. Oh, there it is. No wonder. No, that's not it. Where's the cyborg? Oh, there it is. No. Okay, I lost Cyborg. She's there gone. isn't one. I don't have I don't have one either. Why is that? Okay. Because it doesn't matter. Because Cyborg is going to destroy this poor woman. So this is basically the best of the 145 division from um, Invicta. And I'm taking a look at the odds. At least the odds as of earlier on Thursday afternoon. And... Chris Cyborg is an eleven to one favorite. Eleven to one. Who like who does that? In MMA? I can't. I can't think of a more overwhelming favorite off the top of my head. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what the odds were on like Anderson Silva and uh, Stefan Bonner, but that just stands out to me as really one sided odds. I can't think of one that's that high. Yeah, I mean a four or five hundred is a big, is a big spread in MMA. Eleven, a minus eleven hundred for Chris Cyborg. The good news is if you're if you think Tanya is it Evinger or Evinger, we'll go with Evinger. Evinger, Tanya Evinger. If you think she's going to win this fight, you can put a hundred bucks down. And you win, and you get six fifty. You get seven fifty back. That's, That's nice. the bet to make. <laughs> That's nice. Um, but yeah, you're losing the hundred. Is basically what, what that bet is. Uh, I would be shocked, honestly, 
I mean, Chris Cyborg, he's angry. He hasn't got... I mean, she's angry. She hasn't got to fight in a while. And um, I think she's going to... She's not going to be happy. She's not going to be in a good mood. I I hate to ever do this, but who does Cyborg fight next after this fight? Who do you want to see her fight next at 45? I mean, the obvious the obvious one is Durandamy, Holly Holm. I mean, those are the ones that only ones that I can think of. I mean, who else is in the one forty five division in the UFC? Nobody. The only other person I could think of is, is if Nunez beats Shevchenko, Nunez moves up for a money fight, that kind of thing. I mean, is Nunez? I don't think she wants that fight. I don't think anybody wants that fight. I mean, let's be honest. There's no one right now that wants to get absolutely pummeled by her. But at the same time, no one has anything to lose. It it doesn't hurt your anything about you and you get a payday. That's true. There's no shame in losing to her unless you're claiming to be better than her and no one's making that claim who's the best opponent cyborg has faced um i i mean she beat the crap out of gina carana do you even remember like were you even born then i was around i was born in 91 91 oh man do you know what year I graduated high school. Um, nineteen eighty-five. You really think I'm that old? Oh no, no, that's that was twenty years after Jim Sahara Mooney graduated high school. But I graduated in nineteen ninety-five, um, which makes me have started watching MMA when you were born. You're the same age as the UFC almost. It feels pretty cool. You've grown up with the UFC. Like, you went to elementary school with the UFC. You guys were both six at the same time. You started kindergarten hand hand. together. That's It's, that's, a, sp- it's yeah. a special relationship. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, d- is there any hope? What, what, what should Tanya... Okay. You are Tanya Evinger's coach. You're her head coach. And you're game planning right now. What are you, you're in the final couple days. What is your advice to her? What are you telling her going out to that locker room? You're in the, you're in the locker room going out into the, into the arena you're in the back. You're about to go out. What are you? What's the game plan? What's final game plan? Last minute advice. What are you telling her? Shoot like your life depends on it. Get her down. Cyborg's going to come at you throwing haymakers. And if one hits, the fight's going to be over. I think she comes out really aggressive, too aggressive. You take her down and you go from there. I think that's your bet. You don't want to stand up with her. That's, that's a fool's errand. You want to take her down immediately, quick and repeatedly. Yeah, so I I agree with you, and 
I don't think it's that easy because I don't think she's just going to open up and, and be reckless. My advice would be to go out there, throw like a real quick combo going at her head very aggressively. Where are you? Why are you disappearing off the screen on me? I want to see you. I'm counting how many times Cyborg's been out of the first round. Oh, wow. Um, it's not a whole lot. So that makes her fight experience. She's very inexperienced. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's been to the fourth round once. She's been to the third round one, two, three times. She's been to the second round one, two, three times and it ended there. But she's only been outside the first round eight times in 19 fights. Wow. So, yeah. So what I was saying was I go right at her with a combo very aggressively, like, like pretending like I'm coming at you and I'm striking. And then when she opens back up, then I'm shooting quick for a takedown and trying to have that, you know, be my way in to have her open up. I like it. I just feel like Cyborg just gets shot out of a cannon. I feel like she is, as soon as she steps across that line, she's in your space, pressure, pressure, and then before you know it, your back's against the cage and you're getting teed off on. Yeah, it may not even – I mean, the game plan may not matter. If you're a head trainer, this is your nightmare. Like, you're like, there's nothing I could tell you that's really going to matter. When did she replace Megan Anderson? Um, when, yeah, I don't know. Well, there was something, something happened. Okay, I see a statement on June 27th that she was forced to pull out of. Hold on. This, Due to personal reasons. I personally don't want to get destroyed. That, when you're fighting Cyborg, is a validated excuse. That is, okay, we understand, you know, next person up. So, do you think that when the whole thing with Rousey and Jermaine, Jermaine Durandamy, do you think if... Do you think if she had never got caught for steroids or whatever, that they would have fought her? Or, or like, obviously, Rousey couldn't have fought her because they weren't in the same league, but they were talked for many years about them fighting, and, and Rousey basically said, you know, she's a cheater, she's blah, 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 I'm not going to fight her. I think that was their hope. Even if she had come out and lost a close fight to Nunez at 200, I think they still could have – or not at 200. It was after that. It was the New Year's Eve card last year, whatever that, whatever card that was. But when she lost there, I think there was still hope that you know we can get her to fight Cyborg. But at this point, we have a better chance at fighting Cyborg than Ronda Rousey. We do? Probably well, stand a better chance on the feet too. Well – Maybe you might. I'm I'm old though. I'm old. I can barely even stand on my feet. My feet are forty, by the way. 
We are cutting out the Chick-fil-A starting now. We're getting you in camp. I'm going to start. I'm going to go to Mark Cherico's, and I'm going to get me in shape. All right, next fight. Oh, predictions. Oh, yeah, predictions. Um, Knockout first round, Cyborg? Same. Okay, that was easy. And that's kind of why I didn't do that, because I think everyone's going to predict that. The sky is blue. Gravity pulls you down. Cyborg knocks people out. Yeah. People, not women, people. I'm sure uh, her ex-husband has got knocked out by her one or two times. At uh, least. Next, we have our next championship fight, which, so Cyborg Avenger is uh, for the women's vacant featherweight title. It's vacant because it's it's was vacated by Jermaine Durandamy because she was unwilling to fight Chris Cyborg. So she was stripped of the title, and so that makes that the vacant women's featherweight title, which has never been defended. She won that. That was the original uh, women's featherweight fight, and then, um, yeah, she was able to 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 win that and then duck and bail from the cyborg freight train. The co-main event is Tyron Woodley, the champion in the welterweight division against Damian Maya. This to me is the biggest is the hardest fight to figure out strategically for both men. Like we both know what Damian Maya wants to do and I'm, I feel fairly confident I know what Tyron Woodley wants to do, but I have no idea how this is going to play out. I know exactly how this is going to play out. I want to hear this. Uh, Tyron Woodley is going to pretty much beat up Damian Maya in the first round. Damian Maya might end up getting a takedown or getting in the clinch and struggling, but um, never really getting good position on the ground. If they're even on the ground for very long second round, Damian Maya by the middle of the round, he has the fight to the ground or he's, you know, has his back on the feet and he is going to smother Tyron Woodley from there on out, and he's going to win the welterweight title in either the second or third round. My official pick is going to be third round. Rear naked choke. I like that pick. See, I think one thing that's coming into play that a lot of people are overlooking is just the size of Damian Maya. This is a big, I mean, I remember him fighting on a hard cuts to middleweight. And now we're coming down to 170, which he's made the cut several times, so that's not a concern. But Damian Maya is a big guy. He's not small, and he knows not only jiu-jitsu well, as well as anyone that's ever been inside the octagon, but he knows how to get there and transition from the feet to wrestling to he has your back. But that what he did to Carlos Condit was unbelievable. Carlos Condit knew what was coming, and he still had his way with you. I mean, you can kick and scream and fight all you want. Damian Maya is going to choke you out, and that's been that's been fact and law in the UFC for the last year, two years. But Tyron Woodley's going to beat him. 
Really? How does Ty Woodley win this fight? The so it, it, the only way he wins this fight in my book, I, I think this, these odds are way off. Ty Woodley has to win on a first or second round knockout in order to win. That's the only way he wins. He doesn't win any other way. He doesn't win a decision. He doesn't win. Uh, he's not going to last five rounds without getting submitted. He has to win early. I agree. I agree. I mean, you can you can only play with a snake so many times before it bites you, and that same thing with Damian Maya. But I think his wrestling background and just the overall strength of him is going to be able to stuff the takedowns from Maya. And like you said, in the first round, he's going to beat him up. And in the second round, he's going to finish him. Well, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to look at you next week and say, well, West Virginia boy, you got to get up to the big city. All right. Damian Maya. Well, I got to write these down. Damian Maya wins uh, for me in a, what did I say? Rear naked choke third round. Third Rear naked choke. And you say, what did you Wood, say? <laughs> Woodley, second Woodley second round TKO. See, I basically gave you your prediction. Since you wanted to predict Woodley, you couldn't say anything else other than it was an early. Yeah. It's okay. I'll tell you how to, how to pick. Next fight is our main event of the evening. Ladies and gentlemen, the champion, Daniel Cormier. Okay, so if you were a longtime listener, you'll understand that joke. Versus Johnny Bones Jones. Um, yeah, this is crazy how insanely good this fight is. These two guys have one loss, one real loss combined, and it's because they fought each other. They have systematically dominated everyone else in this ridiculously competitive division. If I had told you after the first time they fought, the next fights for either one, I'm going to leave it blank for right now, we're going to be Rumble Johnson twice, Gustafson, and Anderson Silva I don't think there's a person alive that would have thought that was going to be Daniel Cormier and John Jones would only have one fight since January of 2015. Um, yeah, so, yeah, January 3rd of 15, Daniel Cormier and John Jones fought, and John Jones has not fought more than one. This is only a second fight since then. That, that that just blows my mind. I mean, when John Jones entered the UFC, which was, I mean, for me, it doesn't seem like that long ago, but that's because I'm old. He's 30 now. I think he was like 21 when he came in. Yeah, champion by 23. Yeah. So, yeah, to say that he would only fight one time, I just think that's insane. 
as we talked before just about how bad he looked against OSP when OSP was having a bad day as well. It just raised a bunch of concerns on about the layoff and all the factors outside the octagon for Jones. And now we have another layoff to consider. And now he's not fighting a bad OSP. He's fighting Daniel Cormier, who is more motivated than he has ever been in his career. Yeah. Um, so John Jones to me is the, uh, is the prodigy is the, um, you know, for lack of a better term, I mean, I know BJ Penn is the prodigy, but he's he's that young phenom that's just uh, talent-ridden. Basically, he controls his own destiny. If he was had the uh, training regimen and lifestyle of a GSP, then he is dominating everybody his entire career and never even gets challenged if he had the training if he had the training regimen of gsp or if he just didn't do cocaine like most americans do he would still be most americans do do or most (laughs) most americans don't do cocaine most americans don't do cocaine even in west virginia we know that okay but if he would just do that... But you got your ju- tune to backer. We do have that. I'll give you that. <laughs> but he, if he could have just done that and just shown even a hint of self-discipline outside of the octagon, I mean, not to mention the erectile dysfunction pills from <laughs> before UFC 200. And what he told Joe Rogan is when Joe Rogan asked him why he needed them on his podcast, he said, I'm a big boy, Joe. Are you kidding me? Wait, what does that mean? I don't want to know oh, what big, it means. Like there. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm, I don't want to go. That doesn't even. Okay, sorry. The rating on our podcast is going to change now that Andrew Bailey joined us. Um, I don't even think like that, Mister Bailey. John Jones said it, not me. All right. Um. Yeah. So. <sighs> This but is he, a, was, he was making that kind of decision just a year ago. Like, do you not learn? He doesn't learn. I mean, just with with his demeanor in these press conferences and stuff, like if he got it, then he would understand why Cormier doesn't like him. And he would go, you know what? I was a jerk and I understand why he doesn't like me, but that's not that's not who who he is. He's not some young dumb kid anymore either. No, he just he turned is. thirty. The, no, he's a young dumb kid. That's the problem. He's an he's a an adult kid. And yeah, it's inside he's a kid, but on the outside, it's like John, you're thirty. You're not twenty one anymore. Like yeah. it's time to take some responsibility for yourself. Yeah, it doesn't seem to me like he has. And the sad thing is, he has the talent to uh, to get away with it still. But I don't think he's getting away with this fight. We are in agreement. Except we're in a disagreement about how this fight ends. So the 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 almost everyone I see is picking John Jones to win. All, the entire crew, the the main crew, Andrew, myself, and Jim Saramuni, has selected 
Daniel Cormier to be and still. And that blows my mind because I was actually wanting, you know, a point counterpoint on the website on Octagon247.com of why John Jones is going to destroy Daniel Cormier and versus why Daniel Cormier will retain the title and make John Jones look human. I'll play devil's advocate for a second for you. So you're you're gonna you're gonna pick John Jones? Absolutely not, but I'll show you I'll try to explain why people are picking John Jones other than the obvious facts. After rewatching the first fight, I don't I know what happened where at least I can analyze what happened with Daniel Cormier in rounds four and five, but he looked terrible. And if Jones goes after that gas tank again in rounds one and two, just pummeling it, pummeling it with shots and repeatedly with knees, elbows, punches, I worry about the fight going into the later rounds and Cormier being to hold on. But every report coming out has said Cormier is in the best shape of his life, yada, 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 it won't be an issue. But we've seen John Jones go the distance several times, and we've not seen that with Daniel. So I am that, – that's one thing I'm going to keep an eye on. If this fight gets outside of three, it's going to be – it is be very hard to defeat John Jones. Um, so taking a look at John Jones' la- last five fights, he fought Chael Sonnen, um, which is not – the level of competition of either one of these guys, especially at 205 pounds. He fought Alexander Gustafson, who gave him everything he could handle. And that ended in the decision. He fought, he fought Glover Teixeira. And that went, ended in the decision. He fought Cormier, and that ended in a decision. And he fought OSP, and that also ended in a decision. What I'm getting at is this. He hasn't had a performance like what has made him the legend that he is, that has made the John Jones brand what it is. He has not had that type of performance in quite some time. Now, I'll give him credit. The Gustafson fight, he pulled through and when when push came to shove and when the 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 rubber met the road, he pulled through in that fifth round of that fight and and he manned up when he was not feeling well and neither one of those guys were feeling well and John Jones was the guy that pulled through on that. And I give him a lot of credit for that. But you look at this I mean, this is 4 years we're talking about. This is four years of his fighting. This is since he was 26 years old, ladies and gentlemen. He has not had a good performance where he just was this dominating fighter in the last half decade. So if Cormier hadn't gassed in the sorry to interrupt you real quick. If Cormier no, had not gassed, and if he had not gassed in that first fight, Cormier would have won that fight. I mean. In round two, he was dominant. Three was close. But then in four, as soon as he got tired, that's when Jones was able to take over more and kind of establish his will. But up until then, revisionist history is 20-20. Jones did not look great those first three rounds. He looked – and that's 
with his 12. He has a foot reach on Daniel Cormier, but Cormier was still getting inside easily. Yeah. So, and I, you know, my, my, you rewatched the fight already. I haven't. My memory in my memory of it is that John Jones definitely won the fight. And my memory of it was he was clearly the better fighter. Um, I how have, close the, the 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 first three rounds were doesn't really jump out at me without having watched it like you did. I had it 48-47. Jones, uh, pretty decisive, like you said, the last two rounds. Uh, Jones took the first one, body shots. Uh, Cormier took the second one, initiating the clinch, working a lot of shots inside of that, much like he did with Gustafson. Um, round three I had really close, but Cormier once again never – was, was unrelenting with his pressure, never let up. Um, Jones scored some big shots, but I gave it to Cormier. But the last two, Jones really neutralized the clinch work by dominating the wrists of, D- of DC and got him against the fence and had three takedowns of Cormier in round, th- in round four. Didn't then, Cormier jump up back up most of the time? Most of the time, yes. And... Cormier See, I don't know fifth- how much I give to a takedown with nothing as a res- I mean, just in general, not just talking about that, but how much of a if you take a guy down and he just like kind of slides down the fence and then immediately pops back up and works to get separation from you, like guys are saying, "Oh, we got a takedown." Like, I'm not scoring. I'm, that doesn't alter my round very much. It did in this fight for me because there were three of them and the fights were so – and the rounds were so close and Jones was just dominating. Like he would take him down, get up, maul him some more against the cage, take him down. And it was maybe not just the takedowns but the fact that DC wasn't doing much of anything except getting taken down and beat on for an entire round. Yeah. Well, I mean I'm not saying he won the round. I'm just saying you know, there was a lot of talk about the takedowns. But to me, a takedown – Unless, I mean, yeah, there are takedowns that are point worthy. You know, you pick a guy up and slam him. You like I, back in the day when, uh, uh, before you were born almost when, uh, oh, why can't I think of his name? I'm, I'm so, my, there's something wrong with my brain, my memory. You're um, just old. Ma, ma, Matt, what's his name? The, Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes. Yeah, Matt Hughes, where he literally picked, forget who he's, Fight. Is it Frank Frank Trigg? It was Frank Trigg. He picked Frank Trigg up, walked him across the other side to his own corner, and 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 basically like jumped in the air to slam him down as hard as humanly possible. But um, yeah. Anyway, t- takedowns I think are overrated if if they're not either forceful or you know able to you know control him with the takedown. If you Take a guy down, you never control him, and he gets right back up. I don't know; it's not really a takedown in my book. The whole point well, of it, the whole point of a takedown is to be able to control someone on the ground. And if you never do that, then or you didn't hurt him on the takedown, then it didn't really occur to me. Will DC take down John Jones in this fight? He was all, he was only able to do it once in the fifth round of the last one. It was a complete sellout and just last ditch effort. Do you think you'll be able to take him down and, to your point, control him? To be honest with you, I don't think that's his game plan. I don't think he has any intention of taking him down. I think he wants to beat him up on the feet. 
I think, that, and I think he will beat him up on the feet. You I think he'll be inside the clinch again? This is this is the perfect combination. And I wrote about this in my in the article. This is the perfect combination on Octagon247.com. Sorry, I keep uh, interrupting myself. Um, the, the combination of Daniel Cormier being so driven to get better, and that's what he's done since they fought. He Since January of, of 2015, when he lost, he has gotten better. He's gotten better in every facet of his game, but particularly, he's gotten better on the feet. And when, since January 3rd of 2015, John Jones has done a lot of things, but most of them don't include getting better. He's done a lot of drugs. He's done a lot of um, ED pills. He's done a lot of bad things, and he's he's spent he's run from the police and hit pregnant women with his car, and done all this stuff while Daniel Cormier was getting better, and he's rusty. He's got a layoff that's you know it's it's proven uh that ring rust is a real thing so he's rusty he's not gotten better because he hasn't fought i mean he yeah he's been training but this yeah i just see it as a perfect time for daniel cormier to beat john jones and to win that legacy. And I still think he's going to have to beat him again. I think a factor also playing to Jones outside is he said he went to the partying and the drugs because of the pressure of being a champion and performing. I feel like he has more pressure now than he's ever had. You're coming back from a long layoff. You want your title. You are emotional. You do not like Daniel Cormier. So there is a lot outside weighing on him in this fight. And I feel like DC is more solely focused on the objective at hand, not worrying about the outside noise. He knows he's champion, and this is his opportunity to cement his legacy as the greatest light heavyweight of all time. Quick question. Do you think if John Jones were to win, do you think Daniel Cormier retires? He is 38. Um, I don't think he retires immediately, but I don't think he wants to give Jones an immediate rematch either. So, yeah, I don't think he retires, no. I don't think there's I think there's a chance if he loses he retires. That's oh yeah, not, that was that was the question. Oh yeah, yeah. If um, DC loses. There's a chance, yeah. I think there's a chance he says, you know what, this is I don't think it's a snap decision at the end of the fight like it was with Rumble, but I think that, you know, there's a chance he says, you know what? I'm if if it's a really close fight that that he could be one more fight away from that fight again, then maybe he stays in there. But if he gets, if he gets worn out, ground and pounded, manhandled, anything like that, I think he could retire. I think an interesting thing to keep in mind, say, say Jones wins. I want to see how fast it takes Anthony rumble Johnson to come out of retirement. I uh, see. I don't think Anthony John, he wants to do his marijuana thing and that's, well, after that, uh, after that beatdown Gustafson put on Glover Tech share in Sweden, he tweets out, "I'm getting that itch." I think, I think he, I, 
I don't understand the retirement and coming back and all this, but I mean, I would love to see Anthony Rumble Johnson fight John Jones if that were to be the case after this one. Folks, this is the UFC and MMA fight card of the year. Um, it's definitely one you wanna you wanna see and and you know I think that it's going to be one of the classics of uh, you know that we'll remember for a long time. Um, unfortunately, we are out of time. Oh, quickly prediction for this fight. Oh, a prediction for yeah, I I'm way off there. Um, are you sticking by your? You need a um, split decision for Cormier? Yep, split decision. Okay, I am going to go Daniel Cormier, fourth round TKO. This is the only fight I hope you're right in, besides the ones we agree. That's not nice. I mean, you should be more nice. Oh, I'm sorry. You're from West Virginia. You're pretty bitter and angry. I completely understand. It's in our DNA. Yeah. All right, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy UFC 214. We will we uh, we will look to be back with you next Sunday night and have the have the podcast up for Monday morning for you. Um, I thank our newest contributor at MMA Fancast and Octagon247.com. Andrew Bailey is great to have. Even someone from West Virginia on the podcast. No, he's done a great job. We're looking forward to all of his contributions. Um, And we just thank you so much for listening. On behalf of the entire team for Octagon247.com and MMA FanCast, this is Ryan Middleton signing off, saying thank you. God bless.